Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to a special episode of the, the Boymanship Podcast. Um, we have some special guests today, but before we get to that, we'll talk about what today's episode is going to be about. Um, please take this time to share um, this episode wherever you uh, can on Facebook. We'd appreciate that. Um, we care about our listeners. Um, and we want people to hear, especially the grand discussion that uh, we're having uh, today. All right. So one thing that we wanted to talk about today was um, in 1992, the movie White Man Can't Jump came out. Seems like it was ages ago. Some of us were teenagers. Some of them weren't. We don't say who was which. Uh, uh, the movie uh, was it dealt with under the guise of basketball dealt with what perceptions were um, starring Woody Harrelson and obviously Wesley Snipes um, and Rosie Perez the movie actually did very well in the theaters uh, and did well in the then rental movie market uh, blockbuster things like that that some people might not know exists Wait, blockbusters? There's no more blockbuster. No, there's no more blockbuster. Continue. I think there's one in Seattle. There's one, right? Right. They they even got a Netflix train on that train. Or did they sell? Did they shut down? No, no. There's there's one blockbuster left. It's in it's in Bend, and Bend, Oregon. uh, Yeah, yeah. I uh, I I only know because I've actually seen it. I um. I know it was Oregon. We did a um. We did a did a acapella festival in Bend, Oregon. It was like. That's a doggone blockbuster. Trying to rest up No, I was just I was shocked. <laughs> well, m- most most of us are still running from it because we probably still owe a fine or fee for a late return. Dead and Tower Records, Columbia Music, Columbia Music. I got seventy five thousand <laughs> CDs from these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so regardless, uh, my whole hip hop collection came from these guys. <laughs> right. right, I paid a penny. I was creating new email addresses to get a delivery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, man. At, le- at least you paid the penny because I I, ch- I elected not to pay the penny, and I have a strike on my credit score over it. <laughs> That is not a joke. Oh my goodness, man. Yes. That's hilarious. So, so so the movie the movie White Man Can't Jump dealt with um perceptions of of two two hustlers who were trying to basically hustle people 
and use their biases against them. Yeah. One that a, a white basketball player, it wasn't as good. And the other one was on the business end that the black guy wasn't good. And they both basically used that to their, their, uh, their, their, their favor along with their, one of their girlfriends, uh, who was a Puerto Rican in the movie <clears throat> being, uh, a scholar at Jeopardy and actually go on Jeopardy and winning. A lot of people don't remember that, but that's one of the funny parts of the movie. What is it, Quince? with the letter Q. Correct. <laughs> so today we have two two of our, our our brethren here with us from the the Normal Life uh, mm-hmm. podcast. Um, both of them are now in Tennessee, from what I um, from what I'm told. I've actually met Jason face to face a while ago. Um, uh, he was at um, uh, Gabe's kids, which I refer to as my children's uh, baptism. And uh, I had one child at the baptism. time. What's it name? You, John? Yes, yeah, John. John yeah, John uh, baptized Gabe. <laughs> yeah, John baptized Gabe. <laughs> John my bro- and my brother, my brother baptized um, Ari. Ari. All right, okay, yeah, I remember. Oh, that's that true. I forgot Nate did that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that might have been the last time I saw Nate too. Mm-hmm. One one thing is we don't say names, so I said Nate, Nate's oh, name. Right. Um, we don't name names on the on the Boy Mission podcast. Yo, and you always we name names. Every we do it all the time. Rule number one every, is we don't every name week. names. We break it every week. Yo, we say we don't name names. Then Wu names names. Yeah, right. we, usually, we, usually, we usually say we don't name names right after somebody has named a name. So it's usually like, yeah. like a reminder. That's it's right. Not it's a reminder it's not Wu. to. It's Wu. It's not somebody. Yeah. Right. So anyway, the Normal Life podcast, we're, we're going to hear a lot about it. Big fan. Uh, I know uh, our partner, Gabe Madrid, was on there a few weeks ago. I thought it was a hilarious episode. Um, checked all the boxes. But it was a great, great conversation. Uh, we, we We thought we would... We would have them on um, and talk about things on perspective, I think is the perfect one. So I'll introduce them first um, in, in, in order that they came on screen. So first we have Mr. Jason Foster. Um, I refer to him as the dean because he was at one point a dean, but now he's no longer a dean. But you're once a dean, always a dean. Welcome, That's Jason, right. to uh, the podcast. And then Mr. Sh- Mr. Shaughnessy Cargyle. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is he's a he's a, also a southern gentleman. Um I hear uh, I hear you're active in the community and I hear you're bald but you're wearing a hat. That's allowed oh, here. I'm proud. That's allowed here. Proud of but, it, man. Come on. But but uh welcome. Welcome to uh the Boy Bishop podcast. Thank Join you. the club. Yeah, Join man, the club. I see a lot of there's a lot of bald people here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we kind of play the extreme. I'm kind of the only one that's in the middle. It's either bald or um Judas or, or Gabe. Judas and Gabe. <laughs> Gabe just rubbing it in. Yeah, right. Gabe just rubbing it no, in. No, I wear a hat. I wear a hat. We have our resident historian, um, John the Baptist lookalike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all around, good guy. And apparently, he, some people respect him as a great athlete. Um, at the bottom row, Mister Mister Gabriel Madrid. Mm. We have uh, a man that was once known as Small Fry, who now Medium Fry. Uh, and Smart Fry, uh, uh, he holds us together on the technology side, and he's actually uh, we we're making a lot of money together. So I salute this man, um, <laughs> Sheldon Kennedy. 
Then we have um, doctor, pastor. Uh, how many uh, monikers you have? Uh, John Nixon. Um, and he uh, he is also uh, uh, has another podcast. He cheats on us with his original podcast. Uh, <laughs> John and April, the relationship podcast. Um, and they're doing very well with all their marriage seminars and holding relationships together. So far, we'll see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> we have our international playboy slash yeah, yeah. philanthropist, thespian, and new thing, <laughs> master chess player. I don't think a lot of people knew that. Mr. Lee Ricky Court uh, I didn't either. Is, is here today. I was about to say, I didn't, I didn't know that one. That was it's actually in a different spot, so uh, I'm hoping that his Wi-Fi works there. Yeah. <laughs> then we have Professor Paul Nixon, who I also you'll see him this week on uh, doing a test run on a LinkedIn show. Uh, he has a company, Virtual Vice, Vice President, Vice Principal, Vice Principal, and he is also uh, a, a professor at Oakwood uh, University of the Saints in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, this is adding <laughs> random words today, son. So, can I, so, can I, so, sorry, well, can I say something while we're close to the topic? We're already off it, but I'm just really quick. Blockbuster, 2004, number of employees, 84,300. 2010, wow. number of employees, 25,000. 2019, number of employees, three. <laughs> <laughs> The ship, a wow. shift, a shift. <laughs> that's just way too funny to me. A shift, a shift in business model. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, no yeah. These dudes, these Netflix was grimy. I remember these when dudes. Netflix. I remember when Netflix was a joke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're gonna send Netflix you a DVD. Like that's right. That? Sheldon still has some of those. You better believe it. I still got the red, the red case downstairs right now. They are looking for my CDs right now. Guaranteed. Paul right. was the first one, person I one knew of that was actually doing that thing, well, and I mm-hmm. couldn't believe it. I was like, "You're actually getting DVDs in the mail? What kind of? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Not, yeah. Who thought that it would blow up with the online thing? I didn't think that was. Who, I mean, that was like a side thing they were doing at first. Jeff Bezos you know who did. didn't. I, I you know actually, didn't. I, I did. I did see it coming. You know, Enron actually went down. Went. Enron actually went out of business because they were trying to do blockbuster online in the '90s before. The uh, the infrastructure was available in the cup. In, in you don't remember that when you used to have to uh, upload fo- photos. This was like a ten minute thing to upload one photo in the night. Right. So right. let alone download a movie and watch it. It, it wasn't there. So yeah, perfect timing with Netflix and and, and, and they've done well. Amazon. See, a lot of people don't realize Amazon is the backbone of many of these. Uh, um, streaming services. So mm-hmm. they they Amazon is double, triple, and super dipping. When it because yes. they got Prime, they got Netflix on them. They got um, I Disney think Plus, Disney, Disney Plus, Plus. A lot of these, AWS. a lot of other, AW, AWS is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> AWS yeah. and then they just they just shove it on the backbone <laughs> of their employees until they snap, <laughs> and then they say you don't have health insurance. Sheldon, isn't servers where Amazon makes most of their money? It, yep. they more than anything else, right? Really. Killing, kill. I mean, a killing on that. And and the thing and the thing about it is, let me say, let me give you a little quick quick synopsis on it. Okay, so a lot of people they forget that pennies add up, right? So there's this, there's a part of Amazon called S three. It's basically how you have like buckets, uh, and you can just put information in. But like, it's really pennies on the dollar. So per day, you can spend like ten cents, 
right? But it's based upon how much you put in there. Well, what happens is people will forget that they're uploading and downloading and stuff like that. You, by the time you turn your head, you could have spent like $10,000. There's a, there's a company that went out of business over a weekend because they left on their Amazon web services. By the time they came back that weekend, I think they, they had spent like $97,000. Wow. Small business. Go on. That's so anyway, wow. So, so do wow. they make their money on their service? The is, yes. <laughs> what you're saying is that they're killing small businesses and their employees. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. But, but making billions. I, I don't, I, you know, and, and not to go too far off the subject because I, I think we have two special guests that I want to hear from them. But have you been to Seattle? <laughs> have you been to Seattle? I mean, Seattle has changed so much in the last 10 years. It's, yeah. it's a whole nother city. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazon, is, is, it rules the world. So anyway, we have our two special guests here. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't know how often you guys watch our podcasts. If you're one of the, the thousand people who watch every week, maybe not. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, that's fine. Um, I am. Thank, thank, um, thank you, Jason. Um, Generally not live, but I do, I do keep up. Okay. Even better. Even better. Um, so, so one of the things that we, uh, we came together originally us the five the six of us really text message each other all sorts of current events and I, as you know last summer the world was on fire um and then we had this one piece that kind of took us to the point like said maybe we should put this on wax have this conversation um on camera and on uh, on audio and it was talking about uh, uh an email that was sent <laughs> from a pastor in um um Chattanooga, Tennessee. You might be familiar with the area, gentlemen. Uh, to his congregation. Okay. 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 Even better. Uh, I talk. That means you can war, say his name. Go ahead. War, 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 <laughs> please don't. Warning his age. Warning his, warning his uh his congregation on Black Lives Matter. So we came together. Uh, we we uh we had uh unparalleled success because that was the most people that ever viewed the show. Um, and it's gone, um, it's gone in a, in a normal, uh, economic and, and, and marketing path, uh, six. Um, so we wanted to really find out how did you guys start the normal life podcast and, you know, talk a little bit about your relationship with each other, because I've listened to the show and the banter that you two have, is very similar to the banter that we individually have with each other all day long. Because even though we might only come on twice a week, one or two of us is speaking to each other at every point during yeah. a waking hour. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. and sometimes not during the waking hour. Right. right. Sometimes one of us is asleep and the other one's still talking. I wake up and I have like 30 text messages. <laughs> right. 200. Right. You know. right. I, I can give you my perspective. It goes like this See, Shaughnessy was unemployed. And um, what, looking no, no, I, for something to do. I had multiple jobs at the time. Mm, debatable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's debatable if you can confirm how many jobs I had. I had the job. You didn't have the job. <laughs> was that heaven? I yeah, was, was, that train? was it a train? No train. What? I don't know. No, that's that's my house. I, I live uh, I live on the other side of the tracks. Okay, oh, <laughs> really nice. Even better. This conversation is gonna be good. 
<laughs> no, uh, Shaughnessy's always looking for excuses. I- I'll give him credit here. He's always looking for excuses to hang out and um, uh, and share his opinion about things publicly. So uh, those two things combined, he he just brought it up and he's like, "Hey, man, I think we should do a podcast. Tell stories. We've got a lot of stories. We like to." You know, uh, we've spent a lot of time together over the years, and I think it'll be fun. And he he continues to maintain that it's at minimum a good excuse to hang out, which I agree with. And so um, that was how we decided to do a podcast. In at least that's what I think, Shaughnessy. Uh, mostly wrong. So we really. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay, because I wouldn't expect you to get it right, because it would have required you to listen and then spit back mm. the information. Yeah, Just play okay. good listening skills. Uh, so basically, I heard an episode of This American Life, another great weekly podcast, and they featured on there a story about a podcast that got started by two individuals who were going through recovery. They were addicts going through recovery. They started a real bootleg, low-end podcast telling stories. I didn't directly relate that to Jason and I, but I did relate the fact that they did. They just did a podcast just to do it, tell stories, not even to help anybody go through recovery. They just wanted to do it. And then along the way of them doing this podcast week in, week out, just telling stories about being on drugs, drinking, not even talking about the recovery, slowly it turned into a podcast about recovery and people started calling in and old friends would check in with them. Eventually, one of the guys who call in weekly overdosed. And then the two guys kept pressing on. And then a few months later, one of the guys who went to one of the hosts, he overdosed. So he uh-huh. fell off the wagon. So the story was pretty tragic in a lot of ways. But it was also interesting that two guys just had an idea. Let's just talk. Let's just tell stories. And eventually, it gained steam. And some people started to take some benefit from it. So I thought, well, we don't maybe have those kind of stories to share. Our stories are pretty tame. But maybe we could just share stories by doing that anyway. If a former friend, former student or something catches on to it and enjoys it, that'll be a benefit. So Jay was close in that we decided to start a podcast. Bottom line, bottom line. Start a podcast. But we had a restart similar to the start of the boymanship because this summer we, we had taken like a three or four month break. It was just hard to schedule it and it had fallen off the tracks. And then after George Floyd's murder, it was like, we got to do something. And we can still tell stories, but we got to start doing something different. And we got to jump back in one way or another. If anything, just for us to process. And then if anybody else processes with us, then that's bonus. So so how far do you guys go back? Because as you know, five of us went to high school together. All yeah, right. Yeah. And Ricky, Ricky's the lone person that didn't go to high school. But Ricky is so intertwined in our group that we sometimes even forget that he didn't go to high school. <laughs> right. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so, I start telling stories with, and I put Ricky in the story. Like you met him, you met him three years after that. Like you didn't know. that. Guy. Like, <laughs> right. Well, right. that's part of what I was going to ask. Does Ricky put himself into the stories? And then you guys uh, like, no, no, but I, I know uh, them. I know them well enough that I could. We yeah, repeat yeah. ourselves <laughs> often. <laughs> Fortunately, unfortunately, I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like Ricky's been at or in or sang at all of our weddings. Uh, right. We've all been in each other's weddings, whether it was some sort of thing, except for Paul's. Sorry, 
How's that work? Yeah, we was the only one. We was the only one that wasn't at my wedding. Yeah. Everybody else was at everybody else's wedding. Yeah, ouch, right. ouch man. Yeah, yeah. In, his defense, in his defense, he wasn't invited. We just we just got over it. <laughs> yeah. So okay. so so we 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 pretty much go back. So what what is your story with each other? You know, uh, give it give us the short of that one. Shaughnessy uh, started- knows me. Oh, Shaughnessy remembers me long before I remember him. With nothing good to say about it. <laughs> uh, that's not totally true. I just said the first time I disliked you was when we were about twelve or thirteen, and I met you in Pathfinders. Wow, that's That's pretty far back. Yeah, that's pretty far back. His cousin was younger. uh, Well, that doesn't that does not surprise me. You're oblivious to most social interactions with people, even when you were twelve or thirteen. That's when I first noticed, like this guy is arrogant and cocky. I don't really like him that much. Then a few years later, he started dating my best friend, who a female best friend, still unaware of people, arrogant, cocky. But then eventually, we worked at summer camp together. Where we still weren't close, but then eventually after that, <laughs> we started to become friends because we shared a mutual interest. I liked Dave Matthews Band. Like Dave Matthews Band, he was a big um, Three Doors Down and some other. You're really so bad. stupid. Okay. <laughs> You've moved past some of those, but Nickelback, Three Doors Down, a lot oh of really bad. A little, little fall cat. Some really bad white white people bands. So, but we, but eventually we connected on other music, and then that kind of like spurned things forward. At least that's how I remember it. That's oh, I'm hilarious. sure that is how you remember it. Yeah. I don't. If, if you guys listen to our podcast, you'll see that every sh- story Shauncey tells, I have to tell him about the details. <laughs> so, you, you, uh, so Jason, you're, you're, what's your side? Because I had say what your side, please. It, it was at summer camp that I officially remember meeting him. Um, and yeah, right out of the gate, we weren't, weren't close. But mm-hmm. at some point, I had like some big speakers playing in my cabin. And I don't remember what I was listening to. It could have been Dave Matthews or Counting Crows or something like that. And, and I was walking by his cabin with music blare. And he's like, is that Counting Crows you have playing in your cabin? And I was like, yeah. He's like, huh. I took you for a collective soul guy. <laughs> Another white, it's a white band. <laughs> so I actually do not know Dave Matthews though. Dave yeah, Matthews I know him too. Oh, Dave Matthews is legit. I have a, I have a yeah. massive collection of Dave Matthews bands. Oh man, that's good to hear. Okay. Yeah. I hate Dave Matthews. <laughs> he actually does. Yes. <laughs> he says it quite frequently. It's because he, is it because he w- was like a environmental activist and then and and poured his tour bus doo doo off the side of a bridge? <laughs> I mean that, 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 that was, yeah, that, that was did happen. That that's yeah. an issue. That uh, the other issue I, I can't really speak on air, but uh, yeah, all right. What so he have to call me? He have to call names in order to tell the story. We just we just don't do that here. Yeah, we do not name names. Yes. Yeah, Right. Right. We don't do that here again. Okay, so you guys had a to- you guys had a tumultuous beginning, right? Yeah, it was similar to us, we 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 generally didn't love each other when it first started. Um, uh, we, but we had we had common enemies, so I think that made that helped. Uh, <laughs> that, that made that made uh, everything a little uh, easier to stomach uh, and then grow. So so anyway, so we're gonna put you guys on the spot a little bit. 
Uh, I hope you don't feel like it's a firing squad because that's not how we want it to be. Well, maybe Ricky, but the rest of us don't. <laughs> we, 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 we have we we have an eclectic group here. Um, I would say most of us are Christian still. I won't say who's not. <laughs> Uh, uh, some of us we don't name religious affiliations. We don't name somebody's a Republican. We don't name. There's one or there's one or two Republicans. I'm not gonna name who it is. (laughs) They might be related. Uh, They might be related. (laughs) (laughs) They might be related. Wow. I'm just saying. So we 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 kind of are diverse in even in our in 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 who in our group. So we wanted to bring a perspective of you. You guys are both. Southern guys, you're both white guys. You both have the same similarities as us. We're uh, friendships. We're both, you know, Christians. Well, we are, meaning us and me and you guys. I won't say who all but the six of us. Is. As, as an or, as an organization, we're Christian. We we we, we went to we, we went to Christian schools. That's right. right. Um, we went to schools you, that profess to be Christian. Correct. There you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Hello. <laughs> the bottom three. If you notice the way we set it up. The, the bottom three went to an HBCU. Um, mm, the rest okay. of us went to uh, diverse PWIs. schools. Diverse oh, no, schools. Went to a, Sheldon went to a... Well, Sheldon went to... It wasn't a black school. Yeah, That's he went to... It wasn't an HBCU. It wasn't an He went to AUC and to... AUC ended up being an HBCU. Yes, it was. Yeah. I didn't mean like it wasn't. It was a beast to you. Before you said it wasn't historic. It was just a beast to you. By the time they was like, nah. We don't really name names, but that came out. And since it's closed, we can name that. Uh, yeah. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. So. It's closed. <laughs> that's, where Adam, that's where Adam and Royce Brown went, right? That's right. Yeah, two of our white friends went there. They were. They were in the minority when they went in the late nineties. Even then, and it, they okay, both played on the basketball team. Even, yeah, really. Uh, Royce, Royce, we should know them. I yeah, know Adam and Royce. Yeah, you guys, you, you do know them. They were nice. Yeah, yeah they're good really? at basketball. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if we remember them because if it's late nineties, no, I was. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was were you the comes. only one there at that time? Sheldon was I, the only one there. Yeah, I, I know who they are. We oh. left in ninety-five. Oh, cool. Did you guys go to the same academy also? We, we met them through yeah. summer camp and okay. then went to Southern together after that. Yeah, okay. yeah. I remember them dudes. Okay. Interesting. I yeah. Interesting. Okay. Shoot from anywhere in the gym. So, so generally, we all grew up in the Northeast or the North. You know, Ricky spent a, l- a lot of time in Michigan. Um, he's, he's the son of an academic. So you could tell by when he speaks, he speaks because his father was speaking to him in poetry and things like that to make sure that he got, got it in, you know, no question. So most of us, I I was going to say, when you said you were a very eclectic group, I was, I was thinking of the ways that, that you, that you all are different. And I've noticed with Ricky, he'll start his sentences and it's almost like he's raring up to go. And then it's, and then it's, Pure articulation. I mean, it's like <laughs> oh, so he, he's like the opposite of Madrid. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that is true. I'm just I'm I'm you know raw right off the tongue. Yeah, raw yeah. right off the tongue. Yeah, Madrid, Madrid. You have to uh, you know our joke in high school was that he was kind of an angry Cuban. Yeah, and so he's kind of he he always had the spirit of a revolutionary. And you know, uh, we and we, the beard, we, 
In the beard. In the beard, actually. Yeah, the beard, the beard so, in eighth grade. So. Yes, he, yeah. he, he, was sha- he was shaving in middle school, for sure. <laughs> so so when, I, when, I joined, when I joined eighth grade, I was 12. Gabe was 13. He would have been four. He was turning 14 in a couple of months. I was like, yo, why is there like an 11th grader in our class? I don't understand. <laughs> Dude, he, was, he was six feet tall with a beard. I didn't understand what was happening. This, this, look, this is this. So I thought this kid has to be really smart because he's like seven. Right. <laughs> Carl looked really young. Like, yeah, he did. Why, yeah. Did this seven year old get lost? I was tiny. Carl <laughs> actually grew in college. Right. <laughs> He actually got taller in college. Like most people were done. Paul put on a good four inches. I never had a, I never had a growth spurt. I grew like an inch a year for like ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I, never, I never had one of those summers where like I just I was just suddenly five ten or whatever. Sounds and, 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 and you know what the worst part is their father is so tall. So right. tall. You know? Uh don't understand it. But genetic to it, whatever. At least Our uh is short as joint. It's true. At least you got it, uh you sound like a um so 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 anyway um so you guys are, are childhood um acquaintances that became friends right I, I understand your friends you were you know you visit each other across the country you know friends mm. only friends do that things like that right so you brought up you oh you, you're, right. Said, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're right you're, you're right well, we'll, interpretation. We'll say you're, still, you're still friendly acquaintances how about that we'll leave it at that yeah i, I got paid to go across the country to speak at a school so good point <laughs> yeah i mean that's a good point you did take an honorarium for that i did oh yeah I, that was part of the what i wrote up before i went over I asked for it okay. all right so let, let's let's jump Let's jump forward to last summer, right? Because I think, you know, when you were coming up, at, you know, after your hiatus and going into this this podcasting journey, um, what when you when you saw the George Floyd thing, what made you feel both of you that you wanted to be part of a larger conversation and get your point out into the ether? Well, I'll just, yeah, speak for me. I was, I was already mad from about five years earlier. Uh, yeah, about five years earlier when a, a young white racist went into a church in South Carolina and shot nine black people. Mm-hmm. I didn't get as hit by the story. What I was hit more by was the response. And so I'm in Chattanooga, not in South Carolina. And the black churches and even some of the Hispanic churches around the downtown area, you would see it on Facebook, on the news, the evening news. You'd see it in the newspaper. What the impression I got, most of them felt deeply impacted by the shooting. Sure. And not because they had family members that were in South Carolina, but they sure. felt deeply impacted. And they're doing prayer vigils. They're doing peace walks in the neighborhood. They're doing something in response. And for most white churches, I, I can't say all of them, but most predominant white churches, including the one that I was going to and still go to, and the one, and one I'm proud of, did not do a damn thing. <laughs> it, it wasn't a talking point. Maybe it showed up in a, a little blimp in, you know, in the bulletin. I remember the victims of the shooting and pray for them. All right, remember, we got a bazaar this weekend. You know, bring all the kids out. and It was just <laughs> business as usual. Wow. That, that bothered me a lot. 
a lot, a lot, a lot. So then you go fast forward and you hear more stories of those types of things happening. So it's kind of like a perpetual <laughs> little, little like disturbance within me to, to a small degree. I'm not going to make it sound like I'm some person that was out there doing stuff. But Jason, I actually started talking about more of those issues around that time. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you had Kaepernick and, and that whole debate and hearing sure. the backlash and the resistance to it was nothing that bothered me. Apparently, I was talking about it a lot because Jay would actually say to me, like, dude, can we talk about something else? Why do you always want to talk about race? I'm like, oh, I mean, come on. I just I got to talk, talk to somebody about it. And, and Jason was the main person that I was trying to talk to about it. So once we get to George Floyd, it's just like, all right, I don't have any kind of major platform by any means, but we have something we can do. And I want to at least get this out in some way. Five years ago, I went to South Carolina the day of the memorial just to kind of be in the area, walk around, hear what people were saying. That was a little thing, but I just wanted to do something to feel like I was actually contributing or, or at least talking it out, hoping really in part that other people might listen who don't know what to do or who have been complacent for years or don't care. And they would hear people working through it and they might, you know, start to care about it a little bit more or, or you know, something to that kind of level. So let me jump in. So, so um, thank you for sharing that story. I, I, I'm curious, though, what was it about that particular event that caught your attention? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, so, and the reason, I, let me, the reason I'm asking you this is because um, as a black American, I've seen that a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 41. I've seen it a lot. And, and I remember the thing in South Carolina. That wasn't the first one that I saw. I mean, there's been a bunch. So, so I wonder what it is about that particular one that got your attention. And it's the same question I, I've been asking since the George Floyd, since the George Floyd thing. And I've gotten a, a variety of answers from different people, but I'm like, why now? Like, what, what is it about this particular thing that that's so, you know, so attention grabbing, you know what I mean? What, what is it? So why, why, why now, you know? Oh yes. You know, we've seen things over the years, especially with social media blowing up until so you're seeing more people post their own videos. You're not just seeing sanitized versions that go through a news source or whatever you're seeing it not live, but, but pretty much live, and it's being replayed for you. Hearing what happened and then going on social media and finding it and then just sitting through nine minutes and, and seeing someone literally die and right in front of you and in such a, a weird, cold way where everyone's right there. It's not in chaos. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, it looks calculated. I don't know if it was. It looks just it, – it was infuriating to see it. So yeah. just even more, like you, you can't watch that and be angry and cry that night and then say, whew, well, all right, night to work yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, the, you, the, you have to do more, in, in my opinion. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. there are plenty of people who felt you didn't have to do more. You could look mm -hmm. at it and say, well, but what was he doing beforehand? Well, I heard of a video where he was actually resisting, but well, what if it was, he actually had fentanyl on his said, Well, he really... It's the same stuff with Kaepernick. Well, he could do it a different way. Well, what if he did this? Well, what if he did that? Well, really, police aren't that. It's the same excuse, excuse. This one hit, obviously, more people all across the world in different ways. I have a cousin who lives in Aniana, Alabama. Google it. Look it up. Um, and they had protests in, in their little city for like the first you, time ever. You said Aunt Anna. Um, you said Aunt Anna, Alabama. <laughs> Aniana. <laughs> A little little country, country town out there. Um, you, you know, the amazing thing is growing up in the North, we are raised with almost a fear of the South. 
Like yes. it's 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 like this, you know, when you're in Huntsville, Alabama, that's the safe haven around the school and don't go far away from there, right? <laughs> when you're on your way from the airport if you fly into Nashville, right? Like we used to or or be very careful on the way. Um when you're coming from Atlanta, be very careful on the way. Like we were, we were kind of raised with this almost like a, a, a terror of the South because our parents' generation uh, witnessed atrocities, especially my parents were immigrants in the 60s. So the South was a, a, a terrible place for them because they were they were coming into a place where uh, when my father said he, came, he moved here in 1966, by uh, 1970 when he had graduated, there was like four major, five major assassinations. So um, this this fear of the South, we I always want to wonder what is it like not to have that feeling in the South. Like do you like do you feel like we feel in New York? Like I feel like you know what? If I want pizza right now in Brooklyn, which is forty five minutes away, <laughs> I, I go to Brooklyn. Like I don't, I don't, I don't. I ne- I've, I've never thought about. I'm not. I'm afraid to go to Brooklyn or something like that. Right. So yeah. is, is, is that kind of how you guys feel in the South? Like, uh, we're fine? <laughs> like, everything's okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, one of my spiritual gifts is that I never feel like the third wheel. So, um, no. I, that's you know, not, it's, 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 not it's, a spiritual rare, gift, I don't think. It's, it's, it's rare that I... <laughs> you know, yeah, that one did make the list. No, I don't think that's in Ephesians. It's rare that I that I look at any situation I'm in through some lens of like I'm the out of place person, sure. even if, if even if I am. I mean, and and not because I don't want to necessarily be aware of things, but I just rarely. I'm you know, my father brought me up in some ways to to you know question authority for sure. Sure. Not necessarily to be disrespectful, but to to question like how, what normal should should actually make you feel like. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I to me it's not. There's nothing like that. I like to drive. Shaughnessy's terrified of driving, so he he didn't like to drive anywhere. So no, forty five like minutes nap. for pizza. I do that right now. Yes, I'd, I'd take the phone mobile and be in the car right now. I drive three hours for New York pizza right now. Mm. Pizza in Maryland is whack. I would like to follow up on Wu's but question. I will s- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I will say this. I will say this though. In the um in the area of the south that I grew up in, which is about an hour and a half. Well, when I was very little, up until I was about like seven years old, which is about an hour and twenty minutes southeast of Atlanta. Um I mean that's very country out there. And we did, I didn't grow up uh, really afraid of the North, but there was no like love for the North. Sure. Mm-hmm. It, you North know, didn't grow up with pants on. <laughs> that, that, is, that, is, that is true. When we moved to Atlanta, I was like, wait, I can't be in the yard naked? <laughs> <laughs> and you would have hoped as a 14 year old, you would have already gotten that impression. <laughs> <laughs> A little slower, a little slower. Uh, Of course, when I, you know, I was still 
my formative years still happen in my time in Atlanta, which was obviously a very eclectic experience. Sure. Um, the, my, my school was pretty diverse at the time. Um, I, it, so I don't know. I just, I, I don't like contextualize. I, I don't try to, I don't look at the situations I'm in and contextualize and break them down in, in such ways, generally speaking. So I did want to follow up on Wu's question because <clears throat> I think Wu is, is accurate. I remember when I said I was transferring to a school in Texas, my mom was very afraid. I was worried for you, son. I remember she would, she told me, don't go down there. That was the same year that those guys uh, uh, hung the guy to the back of the truck. Remember that? Ooh, and, and, I, man, that made me upset. <clears throat> so, I mean, she was like, don't go, don't go. Like, it's the South. So I think that I think I don't know about everybody here because I think some of these guys grew uh, at least their family grew up in the South. But like my family had never been in the South. It was not in this country. It was Miami, New York City, (laughs) you know, and then Massachusetts. It was like there's no South. We don't go there. Um, So and I heard you kind of say it, Jason, where you said, you know, there was no love lost for the South. I'm just wondering if. If in the South, there's that feeling, at least for us, it was like the South is somewhere you don't go. Was that kind of like a feeling that was prevalent in, you know, Alabaster, Alabama? Is that where you were from? Yeah, where, where you were, do people, are people afraid of New York? Like New York is right. like that. It's like, the, ooh, New York. Like, don't that. go to New York. There's a lot of my dad, going on. Don't go to Brooklyn. They'll murder you. <laughs> like that kind of thing. My dad is from Michigan. Uh, okay. So we, we call we call Michigan Mississippi. Like we view, <laughs> we, we view Michigan almost as the South. Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, I could see why. I, I, they're pretty backwoods up there, if you ask me. Uh, but um, my dad. So here's a here's a, a story from my grandmother, um, which uh, she she did not like my dad when he first started dating my mom because he was from the North, and nice. and my grandmother was like a real Southern belle. So super tactful in everything she would say. And, and we were teasing her one time about not liking him. And she goes, Oh, I, I loved your dad. And the whole family erupted like, no, you did not Don't even try it. And um, she was like, well, so she like backtracks a little bit. She's like, well, you know, he came down from the North. Well, but no, she went further. She's like, and, um, he spoke with such authority, which was her southern way of saying he was rude. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And and she's just like, and we were just so unfamiliar with his ways. <laughs> that is very tactful. Yeah. Yeah. It's coded language all over the place, kid. Well, I, I think there is there is a there is a um I, I don't know. I, I I've in talking to my 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 white friends, there mm-hmm. is a feeling of comfort anywhere you go because everything is built for you. It's like mm. it's it's like being it's like being right-handed in a world that's that, mm. that's built for, that's built for mm. for the right-handed. Mm. You never think about how awkward yeah. it is for for left-handed people. You mm. never think about it because mm. what this 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 door turns this way. That's that's, right. that's where the handle is, and that's what that's 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 the way the desk lines up, and everything everything is kind of set up so that you don't have to think about 
mm-hmm. how uh, how awkward it might be for the other. So I, that may be true. That may have conditioned me to be that type of person in general, maybe because obviously I'm from America. If 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 everything is is rolling on my side of things, it conditions me to be that kind of person. The only pushback I would say for me personally is that I did not exist that way living in Tanzania either. Sure. So, you know, the fact that I was the only white guy in a community where I was at at the time didn't like set my hackles up. Mm, um, hackles. In, 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 in fact, you know, for, for me, it's all for me. I've always enjoyed and wanted to dive further in to whatever group of people I'm with at the time. Okay. And so, um, so that's, for me, it's like, okay, what are these people doing? Okay, I'm all in. This is what we do here. That uh, explains Jason's <laughs> difficult time from 2000 to 2003 because he was doing uh, everything that everyone else around him was doing. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> College was a trip. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, no question. <laughs> so, 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 so. That's that's a good point. I mean, I think when we look at, you know, a lot of people when they look at us because we're all together, they don't they think that, you know, there must be more of us. I, and there is more in our group, but we were such the minority um but we were the loud minority, if that made any mm. sense. Like we weren't um I, I guess we didn't just take it sitting down anything. We are kind of like here we are. This is was, our style. There was, no, there was no ignoring us. Yeah, there was no ignoring us. It was this is our style. You know, wear one leg up and on our track pants or or whatever like that. Hello, Cool J style. All right. Yeah, but but for for us, we understood it because when we rode our bikes, you would roll one leg up. So you roll. You had one leg up, so it wouldn't get caught in the chain, and it became yeah. like a style. But it became the most disruptive and disrespectful thing when we were in our school. Like we were, we, we were, we, we, we went from literally, uh, I still haven't had alcohol yet. I'm 43 years old. I've never tasted alcohol at, 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 at that time. At that, at that, at that time we were, thugs. we could have walked, we, we could have walked. We, we were, we were looked at like we were walking through the halls with forties in our hands <laughs> right. um, yeah. just because we had one yeah. leg up. Right. Yeah, well, in Texas, there was a news article um, that was discussing a situation that uh, some of us were in, uh, and we were college students, and they actually said that we were East Coast thugs, was how they described me and uh, about four other guys. And East were they Coast wrong, Gabe? Okay, were they definitely, wrong? Definitely okay. wrong. Definitely wrong. <laughs> 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 I mean, well, some, some, people, some, two some people were, were two of us were not thugs. I mean, some, some, and some people were arrested <laughs> for inciting a riot. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they a riot were, with five were, people. Were, well, yeah, sure. It ended up being <laughs> a lot more. There was a lot more people there, but you know, it wasn't inciting a riot. Wait, what did you do? Riot, it was the chief of police, but whatever. Okay, what did you do? Do a carrot. Uh, um. So. Um. <laughs> There was a, a group of college students walking down the street. Let, let me interrupt this story to say this is going to take us to January 6th because I want you guys to hear the story 
of what was called mm-hmm. as inciting a riot by a 19-year-old right. that happened to be from the North <laughs> and then relate it to the words of the President of the United States of America. Go, Gabe. All right. <laughs> we were walking down a street on our college campus. Um, there was about seven of us. Um, one of our friends had just been jumped and really beaten bad uh, by a group of townies um, and stole his jacket, a bunch of stuff. We're walking down the street. We were upset. Uh, a police car pulls up, uh, stops us. It's a young police officer. He gets out. He says, look, I know you guys are upset. What happened? Let, let's go back to the, the station. Let's fill out a, a report. You don't want to go do anything stupid. You're good college students. Let's just, let's, you know calming us down. Did a great job, actually. Don't know if he's still a police officer or what he's doing, but he did a great job. Um, At this time, there was a lot of students coming out and seeing what was happening. So there's probably 100 kids now on the street, but no one, they're really just bystanders watching. Um, And then the police chief pulls up, uh, guns out, um, pointing his gun, get back, move away, going to arrest you. All of a sudden, paddy wagons started showing up a bunch of vehicles from five different departments in the area, including the sheriff. All the way from England. Right, yeah. Yeah, They're all pulling up. There's probably more cars and paddy wagons than actual guys involved in the situation. Um, so we were by like, the way, Jason, that was very clever, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, take a bow. And at this time, one of my friends um, was just really upset and was kind of going back and forth with the chief of police. Um, and at that time, I told him, look, we're going to we're going to we're leaving. I grabbed my friends. I pushed them back. Let's leave. Let's leave. I turned back to the chief of police and I said, you know, you could have diffused this situation. But instead, you know, your officer diffused it. And instead, you came here and you've now incited this issue. You did this. Mm-hmm. Right. You get you that's, that's, your that's revolutionary, Gabe. He couldn't. Right. Help but do that. You're, point, you're pointing your you're pointing your gun at a bunch of college students. You know, you can't do stuff like that. You need to operate a little bit better than you are. He said, I can do whatever I want. I'm the chief of police. I'm the chief of this town. He said, you can't do whatever you want. But guess what? We're leaving. I turned around to leave. And as I turned around to leave, I heard, oh, I can't do whatever I want. And the next thing I knew, I was in the air. Body slammed me. Mm. Um, they tried to charge me with a felony. Um, and the <clears throat> they actually uh, got the county... That they were sending me to county. So I was about to end up in county that night. Um, they were going to charge me with a felony. And the reason they didn't was because uh, one of the sheriffs who saw what had happened told this chief of police in this town, dude, you can't charge him with that. He didn't do anything. So just charge him with a misdemeanor, third degree, and trying to, you know, trying to uh, cause public uh, disruption or whatever. But at first it was inciting a riot, Mm. felony, sophomore Mm. in college. Mm. Um, So, uh, yeah. So then, of course, when I talked to my mom, you know, the first thing she she said, I had been there for two months. Yeah, I'd been there for two months. And she said, I told you. Mm. Come home. home." You would have thought that you beat down a police officer and broke into the Capitol and stole and, and peed in the Speaker of the House's office. And stole a laptop. Yeah. Stole, a, stole a laptop. Yeah, what ended up happening I was mean, the police ended up macing everybody. Uh, they had clubs out there. They were, I mean, I actually thought I was going to be trampled. I was on the ground. They didn't get me up. 
So he placed, he threw me on the ground. They handcuffed me and I was laying on the ground while now all of the students are erupting because they just saw what happened. And so you have all these police rushing at the students. Now there's hundreds of students. You have students yelling and, and, and I, it's, it's, and I'm laying on the ground. Like, could you at least pick me up? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be trampled, you know, take me to jail. I feel like I'll, I'm safer there. Right. So. I wish that was the first time you were arrested for something you didn't do, but correct. It was the third time. Oh, there's a, a third there's a pattern. There's a yeah, pattern. Yeah, yeah, there's a pattern. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a pattern. Um, so, so, well, well, before you, I, I mean, if if it's okay, before you transition, uh, there were a couple things that that I wanted to say because you 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 were asking about like the perception of like the north south. Do you feel this way? Do you feel that way? So first of all, let me start by saying, I think, uh, and again, this is from a, a single perspective of a white guy uh, who doesn't necessarily have to have, doesn't A, view things through a, a specific lens all the time. And maybe like Ricky said, maybe hasn't had to. I, you know, I, I, can, I can offer up that, that latitude. Um, and the shame is things happen that make people feel scared. Sure. Is that the majority of interactions? Maybe not. The problem is though, is that then because those events happen, there is, in my opinion, cyclical training that comes from it. So like, um, if, if, if I didn't know better, if I never spent time living in Pennsylvania or visiting friends in other places, living out in the West Coast, I would believe everything that my dummy next door neighbor says about people we've never seen. Sure. Mm -hmm. and, and overwhelmingly, my experience is never the worst case scenario. Well, the problem is the worst case scenario still does happen. Well, a, lo a lot of it, I would say... I have I have in many, 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 many instances asked a a random room of of people that look like the six of us on the Boymanship mm -hmm. podcast. I've asked a random room just just as an example. When I, I did this in graduate school, just as an example, how many of you I don't know any of you. How many of you have had a negative encounter with a police officer? I knew for sure that every hand was going to go up. Right. I knew it. I, I, I did it blind because it, it's that ubiquitous. Sure. It is, it is, it, in, in fact, it, it would be, it would be, it would be less likely. I would, I would say, how many of you have had a positive encounter with a police officer and uh, less hands would go up because it is, it is that, Ubiquitous. It is everywhere. It sure, is pervasive. Sure. It's all encompassing. I was, mm -hmm. I was thinking more though of like when, and and maybe I misunderstood uh, when when Gabe and, and the rest of you guys were saying like you were afraid to come to the south. I, I was that. Were you talking more specifically like broadly because the because the culture is dangerous for you or the policing is dangerous for you in the south? Ooh, that's they're, not, they're, not, they're not separate things. Yes. Yeah, Okay. So the reason, the reason I want to the, the thing is you could go to the South and end up in an, in a situation where some random white person does something to you that's against the law 
and know that it will not be handled. So, so even if it's not necessarily with a police officer, the assumption is if anybody does anything to me here, I don't have anybody that has my back because even yeah. the police won't do anything. So it's kind of like, yes, is the answer. <laughs> we so, in, so growing up, so, so growing up, in, and I, I, I don't, I know, I want you to finish, Jason. Um, but but growing up um, and learning to drive and all that, um, we were in Massachusetts, ironically, the north. Um, me, John, and Sheldon were, I'm going to use the word, harassed by the police frequently over the period of about 18 months. We were pulled over 16 different times, never mm-hmm. with any charges, never with any tickets, never with even a warning. We were driving while black. That's just mm-hmm. the thing. Right. So, so if that's the case in Massachusetts, how much worse is it going to be in the heart of Dixie? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's just the perception, right? So, you know, like, you know, coming to, and, and um, the three of us on the bottom, you know, gave John, Ricky and I went to um, Oakwood in, in, in um, Alabama. And of course we didn't know Ricky in high school, but, but um, we don't name names. We went to a school in Alabama. He's wearing his shirt. Anyway, I'm naming names um, right now. Well, but but one of the one of the things that we heard before coming down here was, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Or you know, like same as Gabe, you know, our parents didn't say "Don't go" because our parents went to the same school, but but there was definitely a sense of that seems like a bad idea, or uh, you can't find no other schools to go to. Hey, you guys have good grades. Look at the school around here. You know. Um, not because it was a bad school, but just because of where it was located. So, so there's definitely a there's definitely a um, a stigma connected to below, like you know, south of the Mason Dixon. There, there is there's a thing for for you know black people. Mm-hmm. But, 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 Jason, I, I I want you to continue because I don't, I, I, I guys, would we be fair to say that that fear has somewhat subsided? Right? I don't think we're as hesitant. Now that we've experienced the South more, well, I passed it for eighteen years in the South. So right, right. now I, I've I've lived there. Uh, well, I'm 42, so almost half my life now. Uh, I just recently moved back to Maryland three years ago. So uh, if I'd kept on that trajectory, I might have spent more time there. So I definitely, I definitely don't feel that way now, where I can't go anywhere or something like that. Right. Um, so I'm in Alabama no question, right now. It's different than it was back then. Yeah, Paul's in Alabama right now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> on purpose. Yeah, yeah right. on purpose. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, 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 for both of you guys, for Jason and Shaughnessy, how do you think the internet has contributed to that? Because I think now, like you were saying, Jason, you have a crazy neighbor who was saying, I don't know, that um, pedophiles are running the U.S. government and <laughs> that they're from, reptiles. From pizza in Brooklyn. From pizza, right. the, the pizza, pizza. There we go, pizza in Brooklyn, and they're really <laughs> reptiles underneath um, their skin. Um, but that was your crazy neighbor. Now it is the internet, and you know, going back to January six, somehow, um, you know, they were arresting cops and p- people who were, you know, high officials, uh, even government officials in certain places, CEOs of companies and stuff like that, who all believed what they heard on the internet and thought that they were going to overthrow the U.S. government. Do you think that the internet has kind of made thousands of your crazy neighbor next door? Or do you think that is acceptable um, behavior in a lot of, uh, of, of, of what you would say the Christian white mainstream um, theater now? Yes. Yes, maybe answer is yes. <laughs> Both of them, because there's people who are right on the edge of conspiracy theories, always, always. Sure. 
uh, especially in our denomination. I think we tend to oh, attract, I say that. <laughs> we, we attract them. Um, I wouldn't say it's the majority or even maybe 30%, but there's, you know, there's a certain percentage that get drawn to Seventh-day Adventist church because of the conspiracy of the Sabbath and the Catholic church and, and things that you would say, eh, some of those things are probably true. They probably did happen. Maybe it does look that way, but it draws in people who don't necessarily love Jesus and their fellow man, but it draws in people who love to be a part of a special group and feel like they're very special. And so in the last four years in particular, the internet has helped, social media has helped a certain group of people feel more special especially when it comes to the political structure of the United States. So those people feel a little more special, a little more emboldened, and a little more prone because they hear other people saying it to say the same interesting things. It's not just the crazy neighbor, though, because mm-hmm. I can't verify it from one-on-one, heart-to-heart conversation necessarily. But there are too many individuals that I know, white Adventists, white Christians, our parents' age, people that Jason and I know who might – we who've been way older than this that we've grown up with over the years, who were speaking the same crazy neighbor things online. And forever, I thought they were just normal people. Mm. So it's yes. The answer, I think, is, is definitely yes. And it was not helped by a racist president. Mm. There's just no way to look at the last four years, look at the craziness, and say those aren't connected. People, people want to say they're not connected, but I don't think there's any in good conscience that you can say those things aren't connected. So that's why it matters. It matters what people say, how they act. It matters what leaders do. It matters that white Christians speak out against crazy racist leaders. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't seen that enough for the last four years. So, it, it, You know, we talked about it in a lot, especially in the early podcast where we were talking about uh, I, Sheldon or Paul, you guys are better with the uh, the. Uh, the numbers. Um, I thought there was like 70 or there was a high percentage of, of the church. Um, uh, first of all, I, I, I would, I would use the entire evangelical cause I think um, you're starting to fall into that, uh, that voted for Trump and felt that um, they should put aside his misgivings and dealings and words and, uh, just accept the fact that he was pre- professing to be a, a friend to them. Um, now, generally in, our, in the black churches, um, Trump, well, uh, Paul's uh, guy, Ben Carson, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, him aside. No names. No names. No names. <laughs> um, but uh, he, 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 tends to, he tended to uh, want to kind of ingratiate the black church into um, Trump's message and say that, you know, the previous president didn't do anything for black people. And this one has done the most, but generally the, the, the feeling was, you know, of kind of shock and horror from you guys who kind of seem, you know, and I've listened to your show um, on the edge of region of reason on the side of reason. Was it really tough for you to deal with, people that were trying to justify something that in any other circumstance they were looked at as wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for, from, from all kinds of different reasons. I mean, like when people would like th- throw out any type of, you know, in, any type of rational thought to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm a single person voter. So I'm going to, you know, I'm voting for Trump because he's against abortion. And it's like, 
okay, yeah, fine. I'm, I might even agree with you with that. But whenever, whenever that was in favor of Trump, you know, the thing I would want to come back is like, well, yeah, I'm a single person voter too, but mine is monogamy. So I'm not voting for Trump. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, I mean, where, at what point do you, do you make up your fake moral compass and, and throw out all the rest of the stuff? I mean, so, either, you know, I saw something not that long ago where it's like the English language is, is funny because there's a there's a silent K in no and there's two silent K's in knock and there's three silent K's in Republican. And oh, and wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, which I don't, which, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I did love it. Jesus um, just angered so many of his friends right now. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that was sweet. Uh, so, so I just for for me it was very difficult to to see somebody that's such a narcissist and just wearing all that business on their sleeve, which is the way he behaved and acted. To me, I like there's nobody in real life I would put up with like that. If I had to be in this, imagine somebody that, that's like that in your church. I know people that are like that in 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 churches that you go to. Like my my father in law is a pastor, and there's just these uh, these unbelievable people that make their way into these groups. I'm thinking I don't have time for you, and I just tell you tell them I don't like. Trump seems like the kind of person I would have fist fought in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Biden said. I want to press you, Jason. Jay, I want to press you a little bit since we since we have you here. You said just a second ago, um, you said you said, um, I don't know how you make up your moral compass or something along that line. And, and the implication was your moral He's compass is phony. Yeah. Fake moral compass is what you said. Yeah. The moral compass is phony. You didn't say this, but the implication is because you're not really a one issue voter you're really voting for something else it's not really abortion that you care about it's really something else that you care about so my question to you is what is the other no, what, thing what, that I'm you really saying, care about? what i'm saying no no i i, I want let me clarify that then what i'm saying is abortion may be a very important topic for you that that may be your very important topic right. but typically people who hold that type of that type of position because of their moral compass also hold things like kindness and honesty and <laughs> fairness and gentleness and all of the other fruits of the spirit fruits to include spirit, not feeling like the third wheel, Shaughnessy. And so, <laughs> um, and so that, that, that was a great bringback. That was spectacular. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is like, you can't tell me you have this moral compass so steep in this one issue that there's no other issue that's important to you. And it's like none of the other boxes get checked. How is this the only one that that's what mm -hmm. I that's that's kind of what I mean. Okay. And it, it may be true for, for some people, Paul, it may also mean that's just a facade that they're hiding behind because it's a winnable argument mm -hmm. for other people who would agree with a very big subject like that. Hmm. But the reality is that, you know, people's deepest, darkest secrets are often steeped in the diabolical way they view the people around them. So I'm just kind of, just kind of keeping with the same uh, frame of, of reference here. You know, you say that, and, and I agree with everything you're saying, by the way, 
And that was one of the best. Um, That's one of the best boomerang comments I've ever heard. By the way, that, just <laughs> that was that was incredible. That was like an hour and a half ago. So that was that was. Cool. So anyway, I, just like, I just like Shaughnessy's side eye and like. Yes. Nah, I'm not so sure. He's not even well, saying. He's just well, saying. I don't know if I agree with that. Because yeah. here's the thing. Basically, what he did was he said something, and then an hour and a half later, he quoted himself. He did that. Okay. He didn't do that. <laughs> you don't really get credit, credit. where credit is due. Yeah, you don't great. get credit for was... quoting yourself. So. You do. Yo, this like, guy, you know, these guys need to be like honorary boymanship, man. I know, right? <laughs> you guys are nice with it. Anyway, so so what I was going to say was so so um, again, I agree with everything you're saying. So you're so you're saying that if you're if you really care that much about let's just say abortion, because there's other issues like some people say gay marriage, some people say you know there's other things, but let's just say sure. abortion, right? You know, you, you care that much about that. And, and again, like you said, if usually those kinds of people, the people who genuinely care about a, a thing like that also care about being nice to people, just very, very simply. Right. So, so to have one and not the other is an indication of something. But but to have one and none of the others, <laughs> I would suggest <laughs> I would suggest that's phony. That's not really the, right. the, the one thing you care about. You don't actually care about sure. that thing. So, sure. so, I, sure. so I guess the question the question I'm, ask, I'm asking is and I know you don't know because you're not this person. Because if you were this person, we would know by now, right? right <laughs> but, right. but, how, but how do you how do you reconcile? How does a person reconcile saying saying it out loud? You know what I mean? Like you know, sure, hey, sure. I'm 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 against gay no. marriage. I'm against abortion, and I beat my wife. And and check me on it. Mm, like, right here you go. I cheat on my taxes. What you gonna say? Like you know what I'm saying? How do you sure. how do you even how do you even reconcile those two things? Like how does a person stand up and walk around and go to Krispy Kreme and get donuts. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you even live your life? Right. So, if so I can just talk, I want, go ahead, Madrid. Go I want, ahead, Gabe. I want some donuts. Oh, no. Well, before Jason answers, I, I just, I may say something that some of my friends might not like. I don't think that this is the only place where we see that. So I, I think that this is a, a human issue, the duality of our, of our, of our, of our minds, because Absolutely. we see, um, I mean, I have friends who are so, like, so strong when it comes to uh, the rights of oppressed people until it's Asian Americans or homosexuals or and then women or trans or, or trans. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like 100%, yo, we're in this. And then it's like, well, who, I don't care if that old woman got slapped in the face or punched in the face mm-hmm. by that dude because it's about us. She you see what I'm saying? Like it, that, that don't, I don't <laughs> care about that. Um, I, I think we see that mm. we see that in 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 humanity. So I'm not sure. That's a good point. You know, I, I, it's I not that, like it's that, not that it's unique. You're saying it's not unique, to right? That. I don't think that's unique yeah. to like mm-hmm. the the person who is saying, "Oh, hey." I'm all about uh, I'm anti-abortion, and that's it, right. right? I think that we tend to focus on things that matter most to us, and we will f- defend that that idea while while pushing other things that we maybe in thought we believed in. Right? We'll push those away to guard that one idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I just I just think it's a human condition. That's a good point. Uh, well, when when you when you get in that in that mode, I think I think the way to I think a way to snap yourself out of it is to look at who your allies are. Like, mm. who are the people? Here it comes. Here it comes. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Who's your allies? Come on, say it, Ricky. Who are, you, who are your allies? Who who's standing with you? Who is like, yeah, no abortion, and standing right next to you is Nazi. Nazi. Yes. <laughs> There's the reference. <laughs> like, I need a like, Nazi reference. I need a Nazi reference every other week. So this is about perfect. <laughs> I got to stay on brand. <laughs> I got to stay, stay on brand. I'm the senior outrage correspondent at the Women's Podcast. <laughs> so, uh, so Paul, in addition to that, in kind of following on on your, you know, fleshing out the answer to that question a little more, go, going back actually to what uh, Wu had said in, in a question about what stood out. So like with Shaughnessy, like what would make you want to come back on and do a podcast that talks about some of these things in full disclosure, I was very reluctant to want to come on to talk about these issues. And I mean, I I do remember. So, uh, and here's the proof that Shaughnessy was jobless because he was working for me uh, at the (laughs) time. So we had a lot of, uh, no, no, no. I was benefitless. There was no benefits. But I had multiple jobs at the time. <laughs> okay. Well, I had gone. I had. Yeah, I had yeah, gone to elephant uh, memory. I love this shit. <laughs> this is amazing. So, you, you, you guys should be the unboymanship podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Fair. Go ahead. All right. So, <laughs> so we we did spend a lot of time talking about these things one to one, and and when he was like, you know, I I feel like. Things are going so crazy. We should we should start to have a voice about this. And so, in full disclosure, yeah, white people I need a voice sh- about this. We've got to get back on air. Well, right. Okay. I mean, so, so, it's funny, but you so, do. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's on okay, this topic. So, I thought it was. Yeah, we did need to share something. Sure. Yeah. The so I was reluctant. Number one, because. I have I have been led to feel like if I don't interpret things the way the most socially extreme would interpret them, then I should probably just shut up. Mm-hmm. So I have been led to feel like that as a, as a white man, that if if I don't if I don't if I'm not in a hundred percent, I mean you know dating type holding hand allegiance with every single interpretation of a scenario, then, then I don't real. I should probably just be quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I feel like that's really unfair to me or anything like that. It's not like I feel like I'm suddenly now some kind of outlier, mm-hmm. but the reality is it, I am sensitive to how other people feel. So for example, it irritates me when I see historically disparaged communities treated like all they need to do is make good decisions and now it's going to be better for you mm-hmm. because people who say that in my opinion are unwilling to um, deconstruct all the things that got people there. Mm. Sure. Okay. So the problem is though, I am that way about most situations. When I saw the George Floyd video, even though I was very disturbed about it, I did want to deconstruct that situation and ask myself, how did it get to this point? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that is a, I don't feel like that is a modality that is afforded 
right now, mm-hmm. which is okay. I mean, people can be pissed and they, and, and, and they can be hurt and they rightly should be so. But, you know, I'm not somebody that like dials back the way I talk or think very much. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, I was not sure I wanted to broadcast something that anybody could come back and be like, see, look at this racist here. He doesn't think it was wrong that George Floyd was, mm-hmm. is dead now. And it's like, no, that's not exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is there are some things that led up to this travesty mm-hmm. that doesn't excuse the travesty, but it may not. All the reasons that people are upset may not be built into this scenario. And it's hard for me to not want to have intellectual honesty about those details. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm very upset about it. I mean, obviously I'm very upset about it. I mean, we were talking about like the policing portion before. I actually don't think the police have been militarized. I think the police act too willy-nilly. The military would never get away with some of the things that the police do. That's a good point. That's a good point. We- weaponized is really what people are trying to say when they yeah. say military. Well, like, I, should, I get should that, you, but I'm just you really saying. Have a- should you yeah. really have a tank to uh, break up a fight at an uh, elementary but, school? But in the spirit of Ricky Court, I want to be very specific about that. No. And they need to be yeah. specific about that. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. Here's here's the thing. A lot of a lot of a lot of those things, police are afforded a special place among tough jobs. Sure. Everybody of mm-hmm. everybody of apologizes for the for the police in 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 saying, well, they've got a tough job. They get free food everywhere they go to. Well, just well, throw that out shoot. there. Pilots have a tough job. That's right. But they don't get to be bad at it. Right. Paul didn't yeah. slap a kid. He has a tough job. <laughs> like, I have a tough job. I've never fought a parent. Right. <laughs> you want to. I want to. I want to. But you I want to today. You don't get to be bad at your job. There are certain jobs that you don't like. That that are hard that you don't get to be bad at. You can't mm-hmm. be a bad pilot because the, the stakes this or a surgeon the stakes are too high. Mm-hmm. And so, right. if you have godlike power strapped to your hip mm-hmm. with 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 life and death hanging in the balance, you you have to make the right decision every time. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. the, the, that's the job. That's the job. You yeah. have and and you. <laughs> And you get to de-escalate, but guess what? You—that's—that's that's your job. I'm not the one that's—I'm not the one that's supposed to make a um, make 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 great decisions in a in a high pressure situation with a gun in my face. That's I'm you. That's that's you. I'm 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 the one that's supposed to act act rationally. I you're scared. I'm scared. You don't want to. You don't want with the gun. <laughs> right. So that. So I'm not saying that as a, as an excuse. Please, please. I, I hope you're not misunderstanding me there. I, oh, I'm no, not I, saying I, that I as an excuse. You. Okay, all yeah. right. Yeah. So I would like to go back to Jason's point that what it sounds like is there was trepidation because currently we're in a scenario where speaking about a subject where a majority of people feel this is what's going on. If you have any, your feeling was if you have any other question or thought about that then you're seen as it's like you're completely like canceled or you know you're you're a racist or you you're you're a homophobic or whatever it may be you're transphobic right whatever it may be um so i just want to go back to that because i've i've mentioned this a few times 
in our previous podcast that that that's why I'm worried about how far we go in this cancel culture um, because the only way we are able to learn from each other, at least the individuals who are who are on the fence in the middle. Right. We're talking about like the moderate individuals. Right. The only way that we can grow is if we have those conversations and feel free enough and and protected enough to have that dialogue. Right. But I, I Which is one reason why I do like boymanship, I think. Say that again. I think it's kind of one of the reasons why we have boymanship. We didn't talk about that initially, but I think right. one of the things we're trying to do is talk about things that you really wouldn't necessarily be able to talk about unless you like like Jason said, there are some things you have to sort of be on the side of a hundred percent or else you're going to get canceled. Well, right, we're kind of right. like, let's just talk about stuff. Let's, let's laugh and joke. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's, let's, let's be playful yeah, yeah, with yeah. each other about it, but let's deal with serious stuff and have different opinions on it and it'd be okay. I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why we're doing this. I think that's helpful, but I definitely think we live in a time where I think Jason was very perceptive. I think we live in a time where if you are black, you have to be a hundred percent a certain way when you speak up about issues that are supposed to be black issues. And if you are white, if you don't side with everything 100%, you're automatically going to be a racist. So if you're if you're black and you don't side 100%, you're a sellout. And if you're white and you don't side 100%, you're a racist. And I wish we weren't there. I wish there could be some kind of nuance because there's so many nuances in these little conversations. We don't we don't get to be nuanced. If we do, all of a sudden, you might right. get canceled. And I agree with what Lloyd just put down there that the reason we're here is because for generations, we were on the other side where there is no nuance. We don't want to hear your voice. Yep. Right. Right. But if we're always going from one side and then the pendulum shifts all the way to the other, we mm-hmm. miss the area where we really want to be in. Mm-hmm. We really want to be right. here where we can have conversations where. There's be a be... Say that again. No, I'm That's saying there's got to be a sweet spot. Right. Got to... And, mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to throw that out there that it, once again, that's where I'm most concerned. Like I, I actually had uh, my children were talking to me and asking me questions about uh, an issue that that occurred not too long ago, where uh, on on social media, one of their friends pretty much said that if 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 you're dating an individual and then you find out after you started dating them that they were they were trans, and then now you don't want to yeah, and now you don't want to date them anymore. <laughs> that you are transphobic, hmm. all right? So this is their generation, what their generation is talking about. And they were like, right. you know, my son comes in and is like, uh, I'm a little confused. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. is this true, Dad? <laughs> I mean, if I like girls and then, you know, I'm dating this girl and then I find out, well, she wasn't originally a girl. Mm-hmm. Am I now transphobic? Because I don't want to date her anymore. And, I, you know, and, and so like, even our younger people are having these conversations and there's this feeling that it's like you're transphobic. If you don't want to keep dating a woman that has male biological parts. Right. You see, you you see how, you see how hard it is for you to even state this Drake so that you don't mess up. Yeah. Can't even say it. You can't even you can't even say it because there's this fear that everybody's going to attack you. What you need to do is just send it to me. 
I say it for you. If <laughs> 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 you guys don't care. So really the thing is, cancel culture, you know, and, and, and I, it, it's become like a lightning rod on both sides of the aisle. I, I don't really even know who's against it or who's for it. I don't know who's really for it, but I guess both sides use it as a, as a, a hammer yeah. when they need it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I, I really think that Really, one of the things that no one's talking about was the fact that we, I think George Floyd and everything was amplified because for the first time ever in our lifetime, I guess it's happened before, we were all locked down at home. Yeah. At home. Yeah. yeah. Everybody and, had to watch. And taking, taking self inflection. I mean, I remember at the time, <laughs> as you know, John's a pastor, and I was talking to him. I was like, Johnny Apastas? What I, happened? I, I started. I started. I, uh, I actually. Oh, I, I, I actually have a. My pastor is a white guy, even though people will have a hard time believing he's actually a good friend of mine. Um, and our church is only on Zoom and not on YouTube or mm-hmm. Facebook or stuff like that. So it's very difficult for me to have my three children in the room watching them and on a computer. It's much easier for me to have the sermon up on, uh, on, on the TV with YouTube. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I've been watching John's church more than I had been before just because I'm, I'm, I'm here. And I started asking him like, well, how is the engagement and the interaction in your church? Is it falling off and stuff like that? He's like, Oh, it's actually, it's actually a little better, you know, because people, are having more chance to be involved. People were, you know, that used to sleep in uh, Sabbath school are going now on Zoom and in their pajamas and they're happy, you know, that they don't have to get up right. two hours and drive to, to church, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think, especially in the early part of the pandemic, the world was actually growing closer together at that time where people were like, you know, life is short. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let, let me get right with everything. So with that feeling, do you think that had anything to do more with the even uh, the larger bit of fervor that you even had towards that situation? Was it like, you know, it, 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 do you feel a little bit more like oomph to do more at that time because you were coming into a place where you had been in lockdown for a few months? Um, and you couldn't even see your parents. I don't. I don't know how seriously everyone took their lockout down south. I, I hear people tell me they went to beaches and stuff like that. <laughs> but we were deathly afraid here in the north. Yeah. Uh, you see, you see, you were going to the stadium and, yesterday. Amb- ambulances like, were flying by. That looked like pre-COVID yesterday at at, at uh, was that Rangers game? The Angels. The Angels. Yeah, yeah, Rangers. Rangers. The Rangers, Rangers game. Yeah. Yo, it, it, these it was, was, was in LA. Sharing COVID around like it was a spades game, son. It was just <laughs> you get COVID, okay, a little for you. All right, you going to okay. It was it was real bad, dog. It, so did you, was, so, do you guys feel like everything was heightened because of uh of the the, the quarantine a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely heightened because everyone's seeing it, everyone's posting about it, everyone has to make a reaction right away. For me personally. Even if it hadn't been on lockdown, you can't watch a man die for for those nine minutes. You can't you can't yeah. see it, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you saw that and you had any awareness of anything that's ever happened before that. 
Mm-hmm. You might not have the awareness if it doesn't affect your community directly. So mm-hmm. my white community very rarely affected by those. In fact, Jake and I have had arguments about the fact that he's had many interactions. I've had many interactions with police officers. I've got some negative. I've Jesse, got you went in jail, fool. Okay, when I get <laughs> <laughs> I've had like twenty nine tickets. Jason's probably had thirty. 42. I just got another one two weeks ago. Wow. You, wow. You really? I mean, as an adult, you're still getting tickets? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's had 42 tickets. I've had 30. And when we talk about getting tickets... Yeah, I gotta like, go. Yeah, look, you me. We'll talk about the war stories of getting tickets. Oh, this cop pulled me over and he was like, license and registration. He wasn't even like, hello. This guy was so rude. And then I like gave him my license and registration. Then he left and then came back and was like, boom, a ticket. I mean, what a jerk. Those are the stories. Or Jason has stories where Jason's like, I got pulled over. So I drove another mile and then pulled over and then got out of my car and walked towards the officer. The officer was like, sir, get back in your car. So we've had some different experiences with police That officers. is a fabrication of the truth, by the way. How many times have you gotten out of your car at, when you've been pulled over? Several. Never. We're a man. We're sitting here at home like, how many times <laughs> yeah. do they shoot? Right. Yeah. <laughs> how many times? What did he you drive home in the hearse or? <laughs> I was thinking, how many times have I gotten pulled over and I wasn't in a car? <laughs> You're right. What? You're just walking. Get pulled over. Go ahead, Sean. So, so I'm saying, so we could see in our com- our white community, if we're just looking at that bubble, then yeah. George Floyd is like this huge blip on the radar, this huge thing that, that comes up. But if you have black and Hispanic friends, and if they've shared stories with you and you've listened to them, or you've seen other people share them on social media, and you have any amount of empathy and emotional intelligence, you would say, oh, wow, that's terrible. You wouldn't say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. So then when you get to George Floyd, doesn't matter if it's lockdown or not, you're gonna, you have to have some anger built up. You have to have frustration that's been built up for years, unless you don't listen to the people around you. So, I don't know. That's a long-winded way to answer your question. But even if you, Shawnee, even if you don't listen to the people around you, something is wrong with you to see that and not be disturbed, regardless of what the build-up to it was. It is, it is a problem to watch that. I mean, whether it's pandemic, whether whatever it is. I mean, like, I can't believe how many people could could. I was telling Madrid this, like. When I watch a movie like The Help or American History X or any of these other things, I just think to myself, like, I'm ready to get online right now and just be like, if you're not mad about the way people treat one another after witnessing some of this stuff or seeing some of some of it is Hollywood, but some of it's real. If you should just commit suicide right now because you are already dead. Wow. You know, um, part part of it, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but. A lot of time, what we do as a society, we create another part of it. We, we, we create the, the other part of the visual that is not seen, right? Because what you'll hear is people say, um, and this is this, uh, let me say this first. This is probably going to be the most coherent thing that I'm saying today. Like everything else is going to be jugged after this. So I just got to get this out the way. Um, so, wow, this is going to be hard. Okay, so people generally craft a, a story 
which basically says, what did George Floyd do in order to get into that position in the first place? And they use that a lot of the time in many of the stories, especially when it involves us. He shouldn't have walked away or, you know, he shouldn't have done this because then this wouldn't happen. The amount of videos that I've seen where, um, where the amount of videos that I've seen a black guy get out of his vehicle and point, point at a cop and, and yell at a cop and he not get shot is probably zero. I've seen that video plenty of times yeah, with other me. races. And I'm just like, yo, are you serious? So for, for, for me, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. You know, there, there, we, there has to be something that we are doing wrong in order. George Floyd had to do something wrong in order for him to be in that position. Right. So I, I get you. I get what you're saying, but we craft a story. And this is the end of my coherent thought. It hurt. I got to go back to telling jokes now. All right. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so, so that's okay. Coherent thoughts don't have to be your, uh, be your thing. Let me tell you what your thing you know, it's is. Not, it's, it's hurting right now. Like, I'm hurting. I'm just, just, I made a... As I made an observation about Ricky, see, I feel like I know the six of you very well. You guys don't know me at all because I because I, I I watch your stuff. So I mean, like, you guys are some of my best friends. And you don't wow. you don't even know me. So um, how many best friends are so we? Sensitive. So she just got hurt. Sheldon, Sheldon, he, here's something about you, like. I don't know if it's your voice or whatever it is, but during the during during the the Boymanship podcast, somebody will say a good point, and and you make the noise. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So when that happens, you know the point has arrived. All right, you, you are like the you're it's like the co-signer. I, the co-signer. I, I I had a buddy that told me he was feeling so good. The only thing he needed now was a well dressed old black man in a fedora to come up and say, "My man." <laughs> That's, that's, you, that, that, that's that's your talent, Sheldon. That's, 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 that's my spiritual gift. That's my spiritual gift. Now, Shaughnessy about to cut that down. That was not Galatians either, player. Yeah, it wasn't in Galatians. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Well, we're getting up there in time. You know, it, it's, it's definitely been fun. One of the things that we do uh, every episode is we ask one question. Um, and we, 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 we tend to laugh at it. We try to ask questions for the past. The question of the day is, who was your childhood idol when you were 10? 10. 10? So when I was oh, 10, man. that would, uh, I'll start off. Uh, when I was 10, that would be 1987. My, my childhood idol at that point was Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Um, and then he was two, three years out of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, six six um, shooting guard for the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> he was he was just going into his what would be his MVP season, where he ended up winning the Defensive Player of the Year, uh, also winning the slam dunk contest, also banner year for him. So uh, that was definitely at ten years old my my uh, my uh, idol at that point. Mm. We'll go. We'll go and we'll go clockwise. Oh, can um, we? We. I always go second. I need a little bit of time on this. Okay, one. we'll go counterclockwise. We'll Thank go you. to um, John Stephen Nixon. I, I don't need no time. Gabe is slowing down the process. <laughs> <laughs> I know my dude right off the top. You can skip Gabe. Come back to Gabe last. Okay, we'll we'll come to Gabe last. Okay. 
He-Man. Dude, I was 10 years old. <laughs> like, where are we going with a philosophical? Dude, He-Man. He-Man was everything at 10 years old, dude. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I like it. That's hilarious. He-Man for me was five or six, but who's counting? <laughs> Dude, so it's on He-Man at that point. He-Man and GoBots. Go ahead. GoBots. <laughs> so, Paul, Paul, we'll go with you. Uh, 1990, Daryl Strawberry. Mm. Um, wow. he was, that was his last year on the Mets. And 1990, um, we were living in California. He was traded to the Dodgers. Actually, I think he came as a free agent, actually. He traded to the Dodgers mm-hmm. the next year, 1991. But, yeah, 1990, I was still drinking that Daryl Strawberry Kool-Aid. He was amazing. He had, um, let me see, 1990. Yeah, I think he was. I think that was. Lady. I think that was. I think that was the year he was third in MVP voting, which means he had 37 home runs and um, like 150 RBIs or something like that. He played one of the one of the. It was one of the one of the years he played the most games. He played like 150 151 games that year. Um, a lot of times he was hurt or you know coked. Um, but that, that, year, that year, that year he didn't. He didn't, he didn't miss a lot of, a of cool that year he didn't. He didn't miss a lot of games because of, because of um, cocaine. Um, yeah. Didn't is that the year he hit the top of the Astrodome on when he hit a home run or something? No, he was with the Mets when he did that. Okay, he was with the Mets in 1990. Yeah, he was with the Mets in '88. That was last. That was last. Yeah, 1990 was last year with the Mets. So it might have, I don't remember what year it was. He no, no. He, 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 when he hit, when he hit the that, he was definitely with the Mets when he did that. Shalom, he was with the Mets in 1990. <laughs> I thought you said he got traded to the Dodgers. 1991. Oh, got you. Sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't last year, last year on the Mets is 1990. I, I live here. I, I, I live here. I don't know the Mets exist because I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> so it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Shaughnessy, my friend. Okay, so 89, I'm 10 years old. The very first person that popped in my mind, I was like, oh, that's not right. First person was Hulk Hogan because I was still really into real athletes. <laughs> As we were, yes, yeah, we agree. So that that was actually that was actually, but really, my number one role model at the time, and this is awkward to say in today's day and age because of what we know now. But You're welcome, my... Shaughnessy. <laughs> <laughs> finally, I'm finally glad you said it. <laughs> After all these years, you Bill Cosby, aren't you? Yes, Bill Cosby. We watched it every week. Yeah, we took his right. advice. Pudding Pops, Fat Albert, everything. So, ten years old, Bill Cosby was king. Facts. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Jason. Um. So, in the in the sports world, which anybody who knows me knows, I I know almost nothing about nothing. Nothing. actual individuals in sports, but or I rules. did love I did love Dale Murphy in '87 when I was ten years old. I, was, I I I thought he was awesome. We would go to Braves games. I would go. I would talk to Chief Nakahoma, the racist Indian. Yep. And um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I would root root for for Dale Murphy. But probably really the the biggest influence in my life at that time were my two grandfathers. I mean, my dad as well because I, I lived. But my two grandfathers, I, I idolized both of those guys. Did you did you did you have issues with your dad because he was from the north? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. He spoke with authority, and the, <laughs> the people heeded his ways. All right, you know, the people the people heeded his words. So there you go. Okay, we'll go with John. Mine's easy. Uh, it's gonna be cheesy. It was my dad. Um, mm. Ten ten years old. 
I still didn't know that he was <laughs> not food. You, know you got to have the same dad. He's booing his dad. I mean, I, I tried to think of so something. The first thing that came to my head when I was 10 years old, it was dad. I mean, that's all there is to it. You know what I'm saying? He's I mean, a, great, uh, a great preacher. Um, he was really good with people. Um I, I, I love to watch those are some specific things about him that I always liked. Um, it never seemed like he ever had a situation with a person that he could not figure out. It's like he was really good at figuring out what people, I don't know, what they what, what was wrong with them. So if somebody would come to them upset about something, dad could fix it in seconds. Or if somebody wasn't uh, acknowledging something like they needed to be, he could make them think that the thing is serious in seconds. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It was like a superpower. He, he had a really sweet jump shot back then. He did. He, he was wet. Yeah. He had a really yeah. nice jumper. He actually came up with a, with a thing. Uh, he, he, he liked symphony music, and he started calling his jump shot. Like we'd say we were water. Mm-hmm. He would say he would call his shot string music because it hit nothing in <laughs> that. <laughs> Nothing but strings, basically. Yeah, yeah. Good. I like that. Uh, he, he is wet. He his name is John Nixon. Also, he's a better preacher. So I can well, see no that you would try to be like him. That's not even close. Hey. <laughs> uh Lee Ricardo. Okay. Um when I was 10 years old, uh probably s- still my favorite um athlete um of all time is um a uh, gentleman by the name of Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. uh, who referred to himself as Prime, <laughs> which is a, nick- a nickname of a nickname that he gave himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what was the nickname? Prime Prime. He gave himself he, that he also made it. He also made up. He used to, he, and he used to call. He's talking about himself in third person. And say, well, prime, prime, taking it back. You, he, he said, he said, if you kick that to me, it's gonna be your birthday. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, he would just, he would just say the thing like, there's never been a more confident human being, and <laughs> he just oozed it. And he would say, he would say things like, 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 what, what? You, you, he was, he was, he was wide open. He's like, well, well, well I gotta let him open. If, they, if, if, if I don't, if I don't let him open, he won't throw it. He just did things that just, I, it just resonated with me. Like for instance, he would get an interception and start dancing now. <laughs> he's still in the field of play. There, there, there are 11 other people that could tackle him. And he thought, this is over. I've scored already. He started dancing right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, Ricky, I thought you were going to say Fabio because your because your modeling career you got going on now. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was the one who started. That's a, that's a newer eventuality, though. So when you were ten, you weren't thinking along those lines. That's true. Incredible. He was your underwear role model um, <laughs> before, before you started underwear modeling. <laughs> so, so uh, Gabe. Uh, did you figure yours out yet? I did. I did. Did Jason go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody went. You were you were annoying him. Right, Dale researching. Murphy. Jason was Dale Murphy. And his grandfather's. Yeah, he was Dale Murphy. So you know, I had to think a long time because I was trying. To th- so my birthday is a few weeks after the election, always. 
right? My birthday's the end of November. Um, so I had somebody who was my hero up until the election. Um, and then uh, when the election happened, then he was, he was hated in, in my heart. Uh, because I, 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 even at nine years old, I hated, um, I hated Reagan. <laughs> I hated Reagan at nine years old. Um, and so I saw George Bush as being an extension of Reagan. And so I wanted Mike Dukakis to win. And so he was my hero. He was the savior of the of the nation. Was Mike Dukakis. Really? <laughs> and then um, he would have been a, he would have been a good president. So I was nine years old, and I was like, Mike Dukakis is going to save us. And then he got murdered. Oh yeah, absolutely oh, yeah. murdered. And then yeah, I, actually, right now is not I disregarded anymore. him and said, you know what? It's Straight Dave America. Winfield. Dave Winfield. Is <laughs> Dave Winfield's uh, a great Dave Winfield's a great choice. Yeah, the greatest. Drafted into three greatest. three sports. Drafted yeah, NFL, baseball, baseball, baseball yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, not bad. Phenomenal. Uh, all right, well, well, fellas, again, to all our listeners, we we implore you to check out the Normal Life podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. With with Jason and Shaughnessy is excellent. Uh, I enjoy it. I just started listening to it because Gabe was on it. You have a listener in me, especially because uh, your episodes are shorter than these marathons that we put up online. I also implore everybody to listen to us where everywhere where your podcasts are found. Again, it's the Boymanship Podcast. We never leave you, lead you wrong, always lead you strong. Thanks for coming out, guys. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate I have a joke about marathons, but I can't tell it on here. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Yo, like I said, Paul, send it to me. We're still on. We're still on. <laughs>